This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Wow, thank you very much, uh, Lo. We have Lo again here with us today. He is from the Hope Again Rehabilitation Center. And um, actually not a rehab center, they call it a recovery uh, center, which I think is a beautiful name for that. And uh, Lo is the group compliance coordinator and uh, been in counseling for a very long time. And we spoke to him last week. So if you didn't get that, be sure to go to the podcast and you can download that one. Um, very interesting to hear. Very powerful personal testimony of recovery. But today we're going to talk more about what happens at recovery centers. Mm. Lo, so how long have you been um, in at the at the uh, the recovery center. And I became, I'm, I'm in my third year now. You third? I two years. Mm. Yes. So you've had quite a, a opportunity to have a wow. look at the type of people that come into the center. What have you found is the common uh, factor of who comes and why do they come into the center? Well, mainly uh, because it's a, 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 a recovery center for substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the common denominator is, is substance abuse from a, from a physiological point of view or a medical point of view. It's substances, mm-hmm. anything from uh, alcohol addiction to drug addiction to porn addiction, gaming, anytime, uh, even food, people that is obese. Mm-hmm. So the common denominator, obviously because it's a recovery center, is, is addiction. But from a mental point of view or an emotional point of view, what I've found is, is every single person that walks through these days have suffered a certain amount of traumatic events in their life, mm-hmm. and every single person struggles with rejection. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and uh, that was about what I, I, I was having in mind um, so the addictions, firstly, are not all just substance. Um, we are talking about process addictions as well. And you mentioned the gambling and the gaming and the pornography. Those are not substances. Uh, even eating disorders is not a substance. It's the, it's the behavior that becomes a exactly. habit, and an, an unwanted habit. But very interesting that it comes from, stems from rejection, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's exactly the point that I was wanting to, to uh, emphasize, that in the background somewhere there has been trauma and there has been rejection. And that trauma is actually rebuilt every now and again when somebody does something small, the old trauma is revisited and re-experienced by yes. that person. Frederick, they call it the big T, where mm-hmm. it's the big trauma that happens, and then the small T's. Yeah. The small little things that keep on linking back to the original cause. Okay. Uh, what's also very important for me, I think, is that somebody that has, there are many, many people that have experienced the big T, uh, big trauma, and all the small T's, but they never get into a recovery and restoration uh, program or journey, what brings somebody into that journey? What is needed for somebody to come into that journey? Uh, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a blanket answer. Mm. Uh, there's about four or five different answers. Mm. From my personal uh, experience, I had to come to the end of myself and God had to physically do a miracle mm. for me to, to get from where I was. 
people, there's certain things, people come to the end of themselves, they become willing, they surrender, they say, I can't do this anymore, they come to the center. Many times, I have to say, it's 80% of the time and maybe even more. Mm-hmm. It is not a person coming to their center saying, listen, I need help. Although they've experienced um, a helplessness and although they know that they can't stop on their own, one of the main blocks to recovery is asking for help. People that's in active addiction know they can't stop if they don't ask for help. Mm. So most of the time, it is family members or family intervention or people that's outside of the addiction itself but that's inside the situation because of the habit of the addict that comes to intervene and say, listen, we can't go on like this anymore. Mm. Okay, Lo, I just, I just want to go, come the in there. The yes, mm. I just want to come in there quickly because before uh, the first program of this month, we spoke about the different stages um, of addiction and the pre-contemplation stage, the contemplation stage. And then we spoke about the critical, that it's that the contemplation stage, sorry, is a critical stage for the family to try and speak to the person, to try and get them. So the role of the family is crucial, right? Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I think many of our listeners might be in that place now where, as you know, um, the addict is often, um, his biggest relationship is with his substance of addiction, whether that is process addiction or not, ever that. And he's not aware of, he doesn't ask for help, like you said. So mm. can you tell us about the role of the family? What do you think, what should families do when they really feel this is time for this person to be admitted? Well, the best thing to do is obviously to contact, to contact the center to get in uh, professional help. The problem that you're sitting with um, is that most of the time the families are in denial about the spouse or the, the son or the daughter or the cousin that's in addiction. At first, people are in denial that I want to face the fact that my son or my daughter or my husband is an addict. Mm. So there's a whole process of time that goes past where people just avoid the subject altogether because mm. they don't want to face the fact that there's a possibility that their loved one might be an addict. Mm. Then it progresses past the point where you can't just turn a blind eye anymore because it becomes destructive. There's behavioral cycles that's destructive to the family through relationships where they go into a defensive mode where they try to forcefully change the person. Mm. When that doesn't work and when they've helped them to the, to, to the end of their ability, uh, they go into the second, next phase or the third phase or the fourth phase of just enabling them. Mm. I have dads that climbed into their cars to go buy drugs for their son <laughs> just so that they don't break the house down. Mm. Um, then they go into the enabling phase. And then eventually you get to what I, I just call the, also the point of no return, but the, the phase of final destruction, mm. where everybody is just, their emotional resources are just spent. Mm. And everybody just gets to a point where they're just like, it's enough now. And they draw a line in their hand and they say, this is enough. Enough is enough. We can't go on anymore. And then from there on, we try to involve that family. But you first have to take the person that's in active addiction out of their environment and put them in a secure environment where you can work with them and also work with the family. Mm. So the role of the family in terms of the person's relationships to coming restored is very important. But it takes a long time because of all the trust that's been violated, mm. all the relationships that's been damaged, children that's involved, parents that's involved. So that is a whole process that takes quite a bit of time to install. Yeah, Lo, I, uh, um, I immediately went back to the story, your story that you shared with us in the previous program. 
And uh, you say we're saying that when you got married, um, your wife was out to fix you, and um, and uh, we obviously saw that um, that didn't work. <laughs> and I think very many times in 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 families and in marriage relationships, even unmarried couples, that one of the two, the 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 non-addict, is out to fix, and uh, that often speaks to codependency and Suki exactly. knows a bit about that. Yeah, no, for sure. That was part of what, what I did and what's part of my struggle against. Um, but it's so, so important. Um, what I was thinking, Frederick, while you're talking, and I, actually being a Christian in a way strengthens this, in a crooked way, of course, because as Christians, we think we are there to help. And I honestly thought I'm a helpmate for my husband. And, it, you know, so it was a crooked way of thinking, but I can pray him uh, right. I can trust God. I can get many people to pray. And like you say, uh, you know, it took me many, many years. We were on the mission field and many of our listeners know our story already. Um, when I said to Frederick, but now I'm going to tell the missions organization because it I, it cannot work, you know, where I, where I realized, but I need to rock this boat. This is not going to continue. It cannot mm. continue. And um, yeah. I think that's often when people come to you, hey, and when they start asking for help. Uh, I think the AA yeah, folk... I think the AA folk oh. talk about the gift of desperation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. You were saying, love. Mm. And even in that process, you still get people that even after they bring their loved ones, after that final point of destruction, that they 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 do not they do not let the process be the process. That is really frustrating because what happens is you get a guy and he starts very well off after his first three months. You must also understand people only start to get in touch with their feelings after three months. Yes, mm. that is why short-term programs do not work. Mm. Short-term programs do not work. Yeah. I can tell you that from experience and from statistics. Mm. So after three months, uh, Gerti looks very lucky. He's picked up 10 kilograms and his mommy loves him. And so Zanik is his Rui and Saharki is his Mui. And then she thinks, okay, he's all gesund now. Yeah, uh, listen, Lo. Um, mind doesn't change. Yeah, Lo, there's a, there's a word that you used just now that I'd like to get back to after the break. And that is feelings. Um, so just hold on to that and we'll be back soon. After the break, thanks. Thank you. Shula, you were talking about uh, getting in touch with your feelings, and I so relate with that in the beginning of um, our relationship. I had no idea about my feelings. Just continue and give us some more insight with regards to that, please. Yeah, you were saying after two or three months, people only really getting into their feelings during the treatment program. So tell us more about that. Yeah. Well, when you, when you start getting in touch with your emotions and your feelings, that's when you start working um, with the things that have actually been hurting you, your mm-hmm. emotional brokenness. And you only start to realize at that point in time that you do not have the capacity or the coping mechanisms to deal with these feelings. And mm-hmm. that is why you've been in, that is why you've been engaging in, in pornography or, or drinking or gambling mm-hmm. or whatever, because it's a method of escaping. It's a method of not having to deal with those certain feelings or emotions. So what we, what we need to understand is, is that we do not learn through a process of, of perception, of changing your perception and being transformed, if you do not learn to, to manage your emotions, mm. they will abuse you for the rest of your life. Yes. God didn't give us emotions in order to confuse us. The devil comes and confuses our emotions. Mm. God gave us emotions in order for us to relate 
to his character. Mm. But you cannot have black without white. You cannot have white without darkness. You, you know, it's that thing of love and hate. God gave us all these feelings so that we can feel and experience. But it's not just something that has got to do with our five senses. It's a deeper thing. It comes to a spiritual point where we need to feel and experience spiritual things. Mm. And in order for that to happen, you first have to sort out your mental emotions to get your place of, of spirituality. Mm. So your, being in touch with your emotions is very important, but having the ability to deal with your emotions, that's a completely different story. Mm. There's also a, a thing that we teach people, there's a major difference between reacting and responding. Yes. Um, mm. Reaction yes. is something that just mm. happens um, based on impulse. Mm. Response is something that you actually you, you, you hear something, you analyze it, and then you respond accordingly. That is why the, the word responsibility is actually two words. It's, it's your ability to respond. Mm. And that is something that you have to teach people there's a way to respond and not live a reactionary life. Not mm. be impulsive. Not be irresponsible. Oh, I feel like this, I'm going to use drugs now. Oh, mm. I feel like this, I'm going to use drugs now. I'm happy I use. Mm. I'm unhappy I use. Mm. And it becomes a, a habit of being led by your emotions. Yeah. So what what advice can you give people or guide people that are listening now that are struggling with addictions to deal with their emotions or to process? Because it's so hard. It's different for different people and it's a very, very tricky thing. Well, for me, there's only one answer to this. Um, Roman Titus 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and the daughters of God. Mm. So you have to get to a place where you subdue your emotions to be led by God's Spirit and, and, and be willing to surrender and listen. I mean, there's two fundamental things that happened to Jesus when he was sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane mm. and when he was crucified. He first submitted his will to God and saying, your will be done and not my will be done. Mm. And then he surrendered his life exactly. when he died on the cross. Right. So in order for us to get to a place where we ever, because this is a battle between your spirit and your soul, the mm. whole time. Mm. If you read Galatians 6 or 7, it says, don't be mocked or don't be fooled. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man says, he will read. If you say to the spirit, you will read a lot in life. If you say to the flesh, you need to open distraction. Yeah. So what you I hear... You to a place where your emotions need to be governed by your spirit and mm. by God's leading spirit. Yeah, yeah. I thank thank you, Lo, for mentioning uh, Jesus, um, because that is what we're also about. Is we are making Jesus the center of our our process. You know, Jesus also had feelings, and uh, he had the full array of feelings and emotions, because uh, feelings and emotions are gifts from God to to tell us what is busy happening inside of us. Messengers, right. But Jesus did not suppress his feelings. But what he did is what we now call regulate. He spoke to the Father about his feelings. He spoke to his disciples about his feelings. He let them come out, but always in an appropriate manner. And when we oppress our feelings, they often come out in inappropriate ways. And eventually submitted them to to God, right? Yes. So that's exactly what it, what what Lo's talking about. Mm. Your will, not being led by your feelings, like in reacting, but responding because submit to to God and put yourself under Him and surrender that to Him. Thank you so much. That's a crucial, very important part. In last program, you told us about 
the parts that you see as the non-negotiable parts of recovery. Can you please just say that again? Because I think it's so important, those, that acronym that you shared with us. Uh, the, the, the track acronym. Yes, just do that yeah, again, the, maybe. The first, the first one is T is for transparency. Mm. The R is for responsibility. Taking responsibility. Okay, let's just quickly do like this. So transparency is being honest and being open about relationships and about where you are in your life. Responsibility is taking the R is for responsibility. Taking responsibility for your actions, for your words, and for your behavior. Mm. The A is for accountability. You make yourself accountable to people that's in a fraternity or a support group or a church where people can keep you accountable to your behavior. Mm, community. The C right. is for consistency. To consistently make the right responsible decisions. People will only build trust over a time if you can be consistent in your behavior. And then the K stands for a kingdom mindset. That whatever you do, you start with and end with the kingdom of God in mind. Everything that we do without faith also is sin. So that everything that we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, whether we love, whether we die, we do to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lo, I'd just like to make a quick comment with regards to the accountability. You know, some people uh, shy away from this word accountability because they think uh, it's like a policeman that I need to give an account of my behavior. And if I've had bad behavior, um, I'm very reluctant to give account of that. But this is not that type of accountability. This accountability means you've got somebody that is walking with you, that understands, that feels, that doesn't judge, that doesn't condemn but that wants to walk alongside you? hundred uh, percent. Uh, the main problem with accountability is twofold. It's like you said, people do not want to be accountable for, because they don't want to be told by other people what to do. Secondly, mm. the reason why you have a problem with accountability is because people feel that they're supposed to be free and accountability somehow hinders them, mm. but it doesn't. If you uh, listen to Andy Stanley, he's got a, a teaching on guardrails. We explained that if you go down a mountain path, the guardrails are not there to hinder your movement. It's there to protect your life. It's there to protect you from going over the edge. Hmm. And accountability works in exactly the same way. Again, accountability is something that you do when you allow other people to speak into your life, mm. where they can correct you when they see things are out of place. Yes. The problem that you have is that people do not experience it as correction. They experience it, experience it as rejection yes. and condemnation. Mm. So if I make myself accountable to you, then I give you the right to correct me when I'm doing something that's out of line. Mm. Um, mm. If you have got an agreement to say that you're my accountability partner, and you can ask me about certain things because I've given you the right as my accountability partner, then I must be big enough to submit and to surrender to that agreement and say, okay, you know what, you're right, I am not at line, I'm going to rectify it. That's a difficult process for people. Mm, low what I see here, and I don't know if you're going to have time to continue with the, with the discussion, is that that accountability person or community needs to be very safe. In other words, I cannot uh, go into a situation where I feel threatened. Um, so, but thank you very, very much, Lo, for um, being with us and being able to uh, glean some of your your knowledge and uh, inexperience. Um, next time, we're going to talk to Lo and Fricky 
um, the founder of the center. So please make sure that you tune in because they're going to tell us more about what happens at the center. We just started touching it today. And we will also talk about what happens after a center when people um, leave it eventually because there's also a bad name that people often leave it and they fall back and they get exactly back to where they used to be mm, before. Mm. So we're going to address that one as well next time. Yeah, thank you and, so much, Lo. And listeners, yeah, thank you very much, Lo. We'll talk to you again next week. And uh, listeners, remember, if you missed any of these uh, sessions or the talks that we've been having, Go on to uh, kpulpa.co.za and look for the, on the podcasts and look for Into Me See and you can get uh, these recordings again. And you can actually download them and send them to friends. Okay. Thank you so much. Till next time. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.